Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies in moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, and challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Thank you for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Joseph Walker. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I absolutely appreciate you wherever you are listening around the world. Know that we do not take you for granted. I am thankful for the opportunity to share this podcast with you because I just really believe that this is a great opportunity to grow together. That's what next level leaders do. We grow together, we share together, and this is a place where we gather to gain strategy, to be all of who we are designed to be. Let me tell you, I am just so incredibly excited about all of you listening for the first time. If you are, let me know. Follow me at Joseph Walker 3 on Instagram. That's the place where we connect. Let me know your first time and where you're from. And of course, all of you who are our regulars, we want you to share this podcast. We're trying to reach over a million people, and I appreciate you doing that. And listen, here's the here's deal. We are helping leaders realize their dreams, doing it, going in to talk to businesses and their teams and churches and their team. And if you want us to do that, to come in and share with your team and to impart and share and help you build the team that you need, reach out to us, josephwalker3.org. As the website, you can reach out and uh, we'd love to come wherever you are. We'll do it virtually or do it in person. We're just committed to helping leaders become who God has called them to become. Today, here it is, about popular demand. I want to talk about managing all the moving pieces. Everybody I talk to, they ask me, how do you keep it all together? With all the things you're doing How are you managing all the moving pieces? For those of you that may not know a little about myself, I lead a congregation of over 30,000 people. I lead a reformation that is a international reformation of hundreds of churches around the world. I serve on the board of two HBCUs, Tennessee State University in Nashville, Tennessee, and Meharry Medical College, Nashville, Tennessee. I serve on the board of the oldest African-American bank in the United States, Citizens bank and trust. Uh, I mentor business leaders and pastors and leaders, athletes all around the world. I am a husband and I have two young children. And in the midst of all of what I do, uh, we keep it together. And a part of that has a lot to do with just truly, truly having a system that I want to share with you today. And the first thing, here it is, so take notes Because I want you to get this because you have to realize how to determine what's essential. Essentialism is what I live by. If it's no longer essential, why it's on my schedule, stop making non-essential things emergent in your life. You have to do an assessment of the things that you're engaged in and you have to determine what is essential and what's not. Now, what the pandemic should have done is help you realize how to really deep dive into essentialism, how to streamline, how to, how to let certain things go that were occupying too much of your time. 
So it is incredibly important that you prioritize those things that are essential and that you let those things go that are non-essential or you reassign them to others who are able to do it. Incredibly important. And so what I do is I focus on those things that are essential and I focus in that and I I go hard at that. And those things that are non-essential, I just put them in the back of the line uh, because they don't deserve to occupy the amount of mental space and even in terms of time. It's important that I make time for the things that need to get done that are going to matter right away. Now, here's the other thing. Embracing technology in my scheduling. Whew. There is a, uh, there's an amazing thing that happens when you, when you live by this because you're able to sync things together. For example, my calendar and all the things that I do, it's in real time. And so changes can be made. And I literally live by that, right? Because I use technology to make adjustments to my calendar where my team can see it in real time. You know, if I'm moving here or redacting this and changing that, my team will see it. You know, I have my personal schedule, one color, my business schedule, another color, you know, my recreational schedule, another color. And so I I see everything at the same time. But we mess up oftentimes that we are scheduling things in silo without the benefit of the whole. So for me, and I want you to hear this carefully, a part of using technology helps me to see the whole picture so that I'm able to determine what am I coming from before I go to the next thing to make certain that it's an appropriate transition. You don't want to come out of something incredibly uh, traumatic or sad that you have to do and then automatically the next thing you do is something that you're supposed to be up and geeked about and happy and present. So you have to make certain that you look all the time at all the moving pieces and make a determination in terms of what you're able to do or when you're able to schedule it. Through technology, it's through uh, Voxer app. Uh, I speak to my team through planning schedule apps. It's just It just works. And so I want to encourage you to make certain you maximize this area of technology because that is the wave. You've got to get good at that if you're going to be uh, effective in all the moving pieces because the pieces are going to keep moving. You can manage it like air traffic control. If you think about air traffic control, planes are going to keep flying at certain altitudes. Air traffic control is to determine who needs to slow down, who can take off now, what altitude this plane can go and what altitude that plane can go so they don't run into one another. That's how I look at my schedule. It's like air traffic control, managing what needs to happen now, what needs to wait, when do I need to do this, you know, how quickly this meeting needs to be over. All those things are managed by technology. Here's the third thing. (laughs) Understanding the power of a hard stop. Now, (laughs) the two things about me people have to understand. When you meet with me, okay, it's very important. When you meet with me, one of the things I'm very strong on is when the meeting is designed to be a certain amount of time, guess what? After that time, I do hard stops. I don't let things bleed over and go over and long you know, long-lasting, eternal kind of meetings because that's unhealthy. And secondly, when I get home, I learn how to have a hard stop from work so that I can actually be present for my kids and my wife. You've got to learn how to have hard stops. You've got to learn how to turn this stuff off. If you're working 24-7 in your sleep, you're still trying to figure out stuff, you're on the side of the bed with your phone, you're supposed to be resting, but you're still trying to follow up on emails. You're still doing this. You're doing too much. At the end of the day, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, but at the end of the day, you've got to learn the power of hard stops. One of the things that uh, you have to realize, 
This work can get done without you. If you don't believe it, die. They'll find somebody else to do it. So you better take care of yourself and learn to say, I'm shutting it off, I'm shutting it down. What is your hard stop time? What, what is the time of day in which you say, I'm done, I'm putting this up, now I'm going to recreate, I'm going to spend time with my family, I'm going to do this or that. If you're sitting up eating dinner and you're still on conference calls, you're talking to your children and you're still trying to you know, respond to emails and you're doing this and doing that all the time as a leader, man, you are totally out of balance, man. So you're going to have to learn how to have a hard stop. And here's the thing that I've learned. When you develop a culture like that, people will leave you alone. When they know you're not going to answer your phone, when they know you're not going to respond to the email after your heart stops, they will stop sending them. Your team will respect it. They'll say, hey, we'll have to follow up with you tomorrow because I'm not going to email him or her. I'm not going to do that because they understand your heart stops. Unless it's an emergency situation, man, I'm telling you, you will benefit from hard stops because it helps you manage all the moving pieces. Number four is important because it has a lot to do with delegation that you have to uh, inspect what you expect. In a sense, what I'm saying is as you have people who are overseeing certain areas, because this is what I do. I live by the power of delegation. So I don't micromanage my people. I give people tasks and et cetera, but I do have team meetings where I inspect it. I look at it. I raise questions because I cannot expect what I do not inspect. So I want to make sure I have some awareness. Just because you delegate doesn't mean you don't have an awareness of the particularities of what's going on. But I trust my managers. I trust the people who do what they do, my directors, to facilitate the vision, to move it forward. But I have to make certain that I inspect it, that I am the one because my name is on the line and my leadership is on the line. So make certain that you truly, truly, truly inspect what you are hoping to expect, right? These next three areas uh, I want to spend a little time talking about because I guarantee you all of us have to work through this, and this is it. The first is, number five, is the power of presence. Now, what do you mean by that? So I manage so many different things and that my mind is moving like a sewing machine sometimes. I believe somebody understands what that looks like when you have so many different competing things coming at you at the same time. The question is, how do you how do you process all of that? So when I'm meeting with somebody or somebody, you know, is, is you know, in, in a board meeting or trying to have a conversation with me, what I've learned to do is be present. Listen carefully. 15 minutes in a meeting, fully present, is a major thing for people who are successful. I tell people all the time when they go into a meeting with someone who is successful in leadership, if you can get what you want to get in in 15 minutes and be done, you have done well. Because all the preliminary stuff, all the small talk and then all that stuff, let me tell you something. Really, that leader, that person has about 15 minutes of attention span when it comes to what you're trying to share. And so what I've learned to do is be present, like that core 15 minutes. And my team actually tells folks, now look, if you don't get it out in the first 15 minutes, you, you're not going to get it out because he's, he's checked out. Because I am on to the next thing. Doesn't mean I'm being insensitive. But I am on to the next thing. So I basically schedule my life in these 15-minute increments because I want people to understand that within one hour, you know, I'm doing four things, but I'm doing them well because I know how to shift from one thing to the next, but I'm present in every single one of them. And then I think a part of that has to do with good time management. Now, this is just kind of a 5B. Uh, Balancing has a lot to do with time management. 
It's a lot to do with how you value time. When you view time as currency, you don't waste it. So if I give somebody a block of time, watch how this works. Let's say if you are scheduled to meet with me from 9 to 9.15. Let's say if you show up at 9.08. Well, (laughs) guess what? If you show up at 9.08, you've got seven minutes. Because if you run over your time allotted, you're putting me in a situation that I've got to push the person who was on time back. And before long, everything gets pushed back. And then after a while, guess what? My family suffers, I suffer, et cetera, all because of your tardiness. So I tell people, be in the right place at the right time, ready to make this happen. You have got to appreciate time and you've got to put a demand upon people who engage you to know you start on time and often before time and you have hard stops. Very, very important. And I'm present the entire time. If you're there and you're sharing the way I'm able to balance everything because I am completely present in the moment. I am not all over the place emotionally or thinking about this or the next meeting. I'm present in that moment. But here's the thing. Number six, developing a strong team. The way I'm able to manage and balance and move all the things that I'm doing because I have a strong team, a capable team. And what does that look like? Your team needs to be communicating with each other. My personal team at home needs to communicate with my business team. And everybody knows my movements. Everybody understands my schedule. Everybody sees it. So we have briefings and people understand how things are going to be flowing. The biggest hindrance to success in business and leadership in church or what have you is a lack of communication and poor collaboration. When you collaborate with one another and you're talking and you're sharing, a strong team knows how to make that happen. So I just encourage you to really examine your team to make sure you got the right people in place to get things done. Because when you got a good team like that, man, that's where the magic happens. Your team can block certain things from you. They can make things happen magically to fit in your schedule where you can do it organically on the way. And let me throw this out for free. So one of the things that my team and I have developed uh, is this process by which I'm able to do meetings, conference calls, while I'm going from one location to the next. If I have a 40-minute drive home, you know, I'm thinking how many conference calls or how many return calls can I get in while I'm riding, hands-free, of course, how many can I get in versus waiting till I get my destination now occupying that time. So I've wasted 30, 40 minutes. So I've had significant conversations, 10, 15-minute conversations in the car, and it helped me stay ahead and stay balanced with my uh, schedule, which is incredibly hectic. So having the strong team that can think through those things, can plan things for you while you're on the way. My team has the ability to say, we'll get you to do this while you're on the way to that because it's all in the same direction. It's not going to be a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, It's on the way. You need people like that versus people that will just randomly put things in your schedule and now they'll have you on one side of town at one time a day. And then 30 minutes later, you're supposed to be on way on the other side of town. It's like it doesn't make sense. So you got to have a team that can think, uh, execute, Uh, with excellence and think in advance. I think that's so important. Uh, The final thing, and let's review what we've heard today. Now, we've talked about determining what's essential, right? Really laying into those things that are essential, that are necessary. We've talked about embracing technology and scheduling, making certain that everything is kind of speaking to each other, 
that you can change things in real time, having the appropriate apps and things on your phone where your team and yourself and your family can see your moving pieces all at the same time. We've talked about hard stops, really setting the stage for that by saying, look, at this time I'm done, I'm shutting down, I'm, I'm going to pour into my family, pour into myself. This is a hard stop. We talked about inspecting what you expect, really taking time and not just, you know, moving swiftly past managers or directors in your organization, but taking time to hear from them, to talk to them, and let them hear your heart and share and impart the things that they need to understand to move your vision forward. Uh, we've talked about the power of presence, being present when you are present, mentally, spiritually, Physically, I'm here. I'm all in. I'm listening to the conversation. Uh, I'm listening to your to your uh, critiques. I'm listening to your concerns. All of that, and uh, it's just incredibly important. Then we talked about having the power of a strong team, uh, whether it's a small team, a larger team. Communication, collaboration is key to a strong team. The final thing I want to share <laughs> is in order to manage all the moving pieces, family and faith have to be at your core. Listen, think about a wheel for a moment and think about all the spokes on that wheel. That wheel's moving, right? And those spokes represent all the different things that you're connected to. And boy, for some of you, it's just a lot of spokes. But that wheel is still moving. But you know what's keeping it all together? It's that nut and bolt in the middle. It's the core. And if that screw, that nut and bolt in the middle is loose, that wheel will roll, but it'll be wobbly and it'll be at risk of falling off of the bike. This is what faith and family is. It's your core. It's the place where everything is knitted together. Your faith in God, your commitment to him, your faith and commitment to your family, prioritizing your family is what allows you to keep all this stuff moving and together. So when I do that, I always make God my first priority. Nothing in my business, in my personal life is going to take precedent over the time I give to God. And then secondly, I'm going to make certain before I take engagements in business or take engagements or trips, I look at my family calendar and I say to myself, if this is the time I have scheduled to be with my family, then I block that time off. I block it off. I literally say I can't take engagements during this time. I'm, I'm done. So often we let things kind of encroach upon our personal family time, and it ends up jeopardizing the relationship we have with our children and our spouses. To be a next-level leader, you're going to have to guard your time, and you're going to have to make certain that faith and family are at the core. Listen, I know you're balancing a lot. I know I am. But I hope that these strategies have helped you realize how to balance it all. You can do this. Listen, this won't break you. You can manage the moving pieces. I do it every single day by the grace of God and through these principles I've shared with you. And I hope that this will enhance what you do as you continue to do it at another level. Thank you so much for listening to Next Level Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Joseph Walker, and I truly appreciate you. You have a blessed one. And until next time, peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward 